Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the October 10th edition of the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit and fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's podcast, we'll take a look at the data on electrical contractor job openings, and we'll be providing you with profile on the state of Texas, one of the fastest growing electrical markets in the United States. We'll also check out some weekly economic indicators that can give you a sense of where the U.S. economy and the electrical market may be headed in the near future. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes oil rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2022. For the weekend, October the 1st, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 219,000, and that's an increase of 29,000 from the previous week's revised level. The four-week moving average for unemployment claims was 206,500, an increase of 250 claims from the previous week's revised average. The U.S. unemployment rate in September is 3.5%. These eight states had the biggest decreases in unemployment claims for the week ending October the 1st. Florida was claims were down 1,409. Ohio was down 871 claims. Georgia checked in with a decrease of 857 claims. Texas was down 412 claims. Tennessee was down 287 claims. Alabama down 231 claims. Virginia down 213 claims, and the state of New York down 204 claims. Five states had increases in unemployment claims of more than 1,000. These states were Missouri with an increase of 3,749 claims, Massachusetts with an increase of 2,206 claims, California with an increase of 1,796 claims, North Carolina with an increase of 1,564 claims, and the state of Connecticut with an increase of 1,168 claims. One of the more interesting leading economic indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic, and that's because it's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR, and it publishes this data weekly. Total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 495,868 carloads and intramodal units, that's down 3.9% compared to the same week last year. Total combined U.S. rail traffic for the first 37 weeks of 2022 was 18,293,877 carloads and intermodal units, and that's a decrease compared to the last year of 2.7% through the, this time. Combined U.S. carloads and intermodal origins in September were, were 1,939,894, and that's down 3.1%, or 61,678 carloads and intermodal units. AAR Senior Vice President John T. Gray said in the press release, During September, intermodal slowed as consumers continued to switch consumption more towards services and away from goods. However, two underlying factors have helped magnify this trend for arrows. The first is overbuying by many retailers in late 2020 and during 2021 that is now being reflected in substantial inventories of unsold goods, and that weakens replacement demand. Meanwhile, a slackening of internet buying from its pandemic piece has softened trailer movements of packaged goods by rail. With the decreases discussed in the previous slide, no surprise that many of the individual freight categories in the October 1st data were, were in the red rather than in the green. 
Petroleum and petroleum products were down 10.4% compared to 2021 this time of year. Metallic ores and metals were down 7.5%, and total intermodiums were down 5.1% year-to-date. On the flip side, six of the individual freight categories did show some increases, including non-metallic metals at 4.1%, farm products excluding grain and food at a plus 3.7%, coal at 3.5%, chemicals at plus 3.1%, and motor vehicles and parts at plus 1.7%. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count. This tracks oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. On this slide, you can see the nation's largest oil and gas deposits. It gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil players are in Texas and Oklahoma and along the Gulf, and in just how big an area the Marcellus Gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. This slide shows you the drilling activity on both the state and basin basis. On the state basis, although Texas lost two active rigs in the weekly data, it's still up 117 rigs over last year. New Mexico was second with a 27 rig increase over last year. Oklahoma is up 24 rigs over last year. And Louisiana is up 20 rigs. North Dakota added 16 rigs, but with a combined total rig count of 38 rigs, it's much smaller than these other markets right now. You can also see that as the leader, as it has been for the last couple of years, is the Permian Basin, up 81 rigs compared to a year ago. Eagle Ford, also in Texas, up 35 rigs. We had the Haynesville area, up 24 rigs. Marcellus, up 13. And Williston in North Dakota, up 16. WTI oil prices are hit over $90 a barrel again. That's a level that we haven't seen since late August, but it is where they had spent a good chunk of 2022 going back to the first quarter. On Monday morning, October the 10th, WTI oil prices were at $91.69. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future activity. It's used in so many different industries and the construction industry is among the leading markets because of its use in wire cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices have settled into a relatively narrow band between $3.40 and $3.50 on the COMEX since early September. With the bond, equity, and commodity markets being in such turmoil, in large part because of the geopolitical situation right now and inflation, we can expect more volatility in copper, at least over the short term. On Monday morning, October the 10th, the COMEX copper prices were at $3.43 per pound. With all that's going on in the U.S. economy in general and the construction market in particular, it's really interesting that contractor job openings are continuing at such a high level. Let's look at some of the data in the next slide. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics watches job openings in the U.S. economy very closely, and it produces a monthly report called the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, or JOLS program. Using the BLS data for overall construction job openings, I believe that it, in through August, electrical co contractor job openings specifically are at about 50,000, which is actually down a little bit from the second quarter of 2022, as you can see on the chart on the right. Another indicator that's interesting to watch is the number of jobs posted by, on LinkedIn by some of the very large electrical contractors. I looked at them the other day, and as you can see on the chart on the left, they, remi they remain very robust. We look at the Quanta Services, had 65 openings posted, MYR Group, 59. Rosenden Electric, 190 job openings. Archkey Solutions, five job openings. Cupertino had 126 job openings posted. MC Dean, 
868 job openings, Faith Technologies, 243 job openings, MCOR, 106 job openings, Power Design Incorporated, 127 job openings, and Helix Electric, 103 job openings. Most of these companies, with the exception of MCOR, were on Electrical Construction and Maintenance's Top 50 Contractors listing. So you can see these are big, very big contractors in the market, and the number that they have in total is well over several thousand. The electrical sales estimates and the local market economic indicators that electrical marketing and electrical wholesaling publish give us some clues for the economic climate in state and local market areas for the coming year. I know this is market planning season for 2023, and over the next few broadcasts of the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series, I'm going to hit some of the economic and statistical highlights for what I believe will be some of the fastest growing states next year. If you need more detailed data, two of the best sources are Electrical Marketing Newsletter, which offers regularly updated local market data as part of a $99 annual subscription, and Discord, where Christian Sokol offers sales forecasts and related market insight for key individual industries, as well as sales market potential for distributors looking out several years. I selected Texas for today's broadcast because of the steady growth in recent quarters of Houston, one of the largest electrical markets in the country, the potential of the state's commercial construction market, and the increases that many economists see in the state's oil and natural gas industries, which drive huge swaths of that state's economy. Let's look at some of the numbers that stand out most. Electrical Marketing Newsletter estimates that through the second quarter of 2022, the state of Texas accounts for 9.3% of all electrical sales in the country. That's second most on the state level in the country, ranking only behind California, which comes in at 11.4% of our total estimated U.S. sales figure of just over $128 billion through the second quarter. And at 5.2% year-over-year growth, Texas sales were through the second quarter were pacing better than U.S. overall, which is at 3.8%. These numbers do not account for the price inflation that we have seen over the past year because the sales per employees that, uh, in estimates that we were using come from the market planning guide from last November. But as you can see in the slide here, uh, Texas is just a huge piece of the electrical market. We estimate that there's a, a total employment for electrical contracts in the state, way over 100,000 at 101 and, and 123. Uh, BLS that tells us that the number of electricians employed through the uh, first half of 2020 went 52,580, obviously with industrial employment, which includes all those oil and gas jobs at 914,800. Um, overall, the single family construction, and this is through July uh, 2022, uh, down about 2.2%, but we still had 105,884 building permits pulled through July. The multifamily business, so specifically five units or more, uh, up about 27% with over 60,000 permits pulled. Uh, as you can imagine, Texas attracting huge numbers of new residents. Total population about 20 million, 527,000 or so. Net migration, that's the folks coming in. Uh, last year last year through 2020, they were up 197,000. Uh, between 2015 and 2020, the number changed 1,892,228. There's a lot of people coming in there with those new people. They require housing, services, schools, hospitals, churches, synagogues, other houses of worship, and all kinds of retail and commercial construction. So it is a, although it, it tends to swing high and low, it's a very cyclical market in large part because of the cyclical nature, oil and gas business. Texas is just a gigantic market for electrical products and will remain so far into the future. 
On this slide, with the map of the state of Texas, marked in green are the major metropolitan statistical areas, or MSAs, in Texas. Of course, we have Houston on the Gulf, the largest of the markets, Dallas-Fort Worth growing like crazy, commercial construction primarily. Just south of Dallas, you see the Austin, Round Rock, George, Georgetown as an individual market area. Over the past five years, Austin ranks up with the very fastest growing markets in the country and sort of connected and not too far off of uh, the Austin boundaries of the Austin, Round Rock, Georgetown. You see San Antonio, New Braunfels, and Purcell, MSA. And that also, we're seeing a ton of residential construction there. So that, that little swath there between, if you look from San Antonio, Austin, going up to Dallas as a whole, probably the fastest growing region of Texas, but uh, don't discount all the work, all the work being done in the industrial market, chemical, petrochemical, gas, oil, uh, Houston, next to the Beaumont, Port and Arthur. Little far west to the left on the map there, certainly middle in Odessa. We've all heard about the the oil business, the boom and bust nature of the oil business, and right now it's pretty close to booming. And that the uh, large basins there stretch into the New Mexico market as well. But uh, but those are the big markets. Those are the I guess you could say the top five markets. You know, you've got uh, Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, and let's I, I, you can kind of consider middle in Odessa as a as a single market area. Let's look at some of the more specific data for some of these large markets. These, these are the markets that account for the majority of sales in, uh, in the state of Texas in the electrical market. Uh, you'll see Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. Let's uh, combine Midland, Odessa. Certainly no, no disrespect to uh, El Paso, Brownsville, and some of the other markets along the Gulf, but these are the uh, the biggest markets. Uh, when I look at the anything to do with the Texas electrical market, the first thing that sticks out to, to my eye is just the, the fact that you have three markets with over a billion in sales, and that is only the very, very largest markets in all of the country get over a billion. Texas has three of them in Dallas, Houston, and Austin. And another market that's pretty darn close to that with San Antonio, over 839 million, include if you combine middle and Odessa, and you're looking at another $600 million. So the electrical sales potential of Texas and obviously these particular markets that are driving it, uh, just huge. The other numbers that really jump off a page to me are certainly electrical contract employment numbers. You've got two markets that are over 30,000 electrical employees estimated at. Uh, and just as we've discussed in previous slides, uh, I, I take the uh, total construction uh, employment numbers from the U Bureau of Labor Statistics, and I found that going back 20 years, when you look at that construction employment data, electrical contractors account for 13% of that. And that's how I come up with my, my numbers there. But two markets with 30,000, one with 9,500 in Austin, uh, San Antonio, 7,300, Midland, Odessa, over six over six thousand um, the bls does provide some specific data down to electricians so if we look at these large markets here and this, this is only through 2021 so not quite as up to date but at least it gives you a num number to uh, you can kind of peg a, a size on uh, dallas with 15,200 electricians houston at 12,800 austin 4,000 san antonio 4,400 midland and odessa together uh, right around uh Right, right, right around nine, uh, 60, 60, right around uh, 900, just over 900 there. But it kind of gives you an idea of the uh, total, the scale of these markets and in comparison to each other, which ones are the 
very biggest. Uh, like a lot of part, when you look at building permits, like many different parts of the country, uh, building permits were down a bit in uh, Texas. Uh, most, actually, almost all the all of the major markets. But if you look at the the sheer numbers that are still being built, and again, this is through July year to date, single family permits here. I mean, this is a, in a down market. There were still 29,673 in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth uh, market, and that's year to date. Those are building permits pulled, single family, uh, single family pit permits pulled in Houston, over 32,000. Austin pulled over 14,000. Uh, San Antonio, over 7,200. And Midland, Odessa combined about 900. So uh, even though the numbers uh, show some declines here, and this is a year, year to date compared to 2021 year to date, that's just an enormous amount of single family uh, building activity. And as we always say, first come the homes, then comes the strip shopping centers like commercial retail, then comes some of the larger projects commercials. So there's a lot of building going on and, and there will continue to be in Texas for quite some time. The other numbers that stick out to me, certainly the population growth and that's sort of a general US uh, uh, demographic trend that has a big impact uh, going forward all those numbers at the top of the chart but you know look at the net migration the amount of people uh, on a if we compare in Dallas there were 62 almost 63,000 more people moved into the Dallas area than left in uh, 2021 you see the number there for Houston up 31 almost 32,000 uh, 2021 over 2020 it's the most recent data available from census Austin Round Rock up 42,000. I mean, these numbers are just huge. You do see uh, Middle and Odessa did lose some population uh, in 2021. Again, excuse me, uh, cyclical nature there. And the overall numbers increase in population take a little bit longer view. Uh, 2015 to 2020. Dallas can imagine being up 651,000 new residents. How about Houston up over 483,000, Austin up 292. I mean, these are just huge numbers and you can imagine the amount of housing and services, all the other things that they, uh, this new the population increases have to support. The other thing that always sticks out to me with Texas is when you take a look at the number of huge huge construction projects that are take place in the state area you really i have to say many more than any others currently in any other state right now and they, they kind of feed into all the major trends here i mean the top of our chart huge plans announced for samsung of texas and semiconductor plants you've got the texas texas gigafactory is over a billion dollars you've got some huge uh, mixed project you know mix multi mixed use mega projects uh, many in frisco right in the dallas suburbs but billions of dollars there as i mentioned i forgot to mention the uh, number on the texas instruments 30 billion dollars is going to be what they're expecting in construction spending samsung 17 billion dollars in construction spending you also always have some good good size uh renewables projects uh, very often wind and solar and these are some projects that i collected through i think about august of this year i'm getting ready to update it now but these were just some of the biggest ones through the, uh, the first seven months or so, but you've got a big wind farm in uh, Throckmorton, Texas. A big, uh, it's, it's going to be 525 million. You've got a big solar project, 625 million. So just some some giant areas. Uh, also, we've got a refinery uh, that are underway, the Diamond Green Diesel Refinery in Port Arthur, 1.5 billion dollars. So a lot of big project stuff. These tend to drive all the overall construction numbers, and I think these are going to keep uh, contractors in the state very busy for quite some time. Special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass again for sponsoring today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2022. 
Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data that you'd like us to cover in these podcasts. Our next presentation will be on October the 24th. Uh, before that time, I'll be traveling to the Anika Show in Austin. I'll be out in Las Vegas uh, in a couple of days at the uh, Schneider Electric Innovation Summit. So if you happen to see me there, please stop by and say hello. I certainly love to chat. Uh, until then, be happy, be healthy. Look forward to talking with you in a couple of weeks.